0: Dear brothers and sisters, I want to thank Father Randy for giving me this opportunity to break open the Word of God with you this morning. The late Colonel Van who is now a venerable in the Church and whose cause for sainthood is going forward at the Vatican, is fond of saying that God writes straight on crooked lines. And so many times in my own life, I've seen how God has written straight on crooked lines for me. I can think of the time when my father was in prison because he was a collaborator with the Americans during the Vietnam War. So when Saigon fell into the hands of the communists, they put him in prison for five years. And uh, he was undergoing a lot of suffering and persecution of all kinds. And he thought that he had lost everything. But later on, in hindsight, he shared with me that it was precisely during those times in prison that he gained everything. He discovered his faith. He discovered that God has never abandoned him. He held on to the faith, and he learned the lessons of resilience and perseverance, which enabled him to go through many other difficulties in life without any problem. When my family first came to the United States in 1990 we left everything behind and we came with nothing. And I thought at the time, what am I getting myself into? I was living in poverty but at least I knew what I had and here I was beginning a new life in an unknown place. But in hindsight, It was precisely because we had decided to leave everything behind that we have gained everything that we have now. We made it, we made the American dream. Each and every one member of my family who came with nothing now has many things to be thankful for. When I went into the seminary, my mother said, I'm gonna lose a son. And at first, she didn't agree with me going into the seminary. But later on, I brought her so many other seminarians. Every single weekend, she had a lot of mouths to feed. And she said, I didn't lose my son after all. I gained so many more sons. She's very happy with me being a priest right now. And it's been 22 years. She never regretted it. When I was in Rome and I met Father Randy, And we became like father and son, supporting each other in vocation. I thought to myself, what am I getting into? Because Randy is certainly from Portland, Oregon, and I'm from the Diocese of Brooklyn. From east to west, there's a distance of six hours flight. How am I going to support and nurture the faith and the vocation of my son? Because... When I accept someone as my spiritual son, it is also accepting a responsibility in addition to love. And yet, in hindsight, I never regretted it. My spiritual son has been a blessing to me in my life, and we kept up with the bond despite the physical distance. And now I gain a spiritual family that extends itself even to Portland, Oregon. Many times in my life and in yours, we can experience something that we kind of expect a different result. The world tells us that things are going to be very different. But if we follow God's plan, somehow the result will be very different for us and it changes our lives. I think it is precisely because God writes straight on crooked lines that we ought to trust in his plan rather than our own. And many times in life, we may not understand what God's plan is leading us into. But if we simply allow God to operate within us, allow his set of values to permeate us, we will turn out to be all right. I thought of these things when I read the gospel today, according to St. Matthew. Today, the church will begin our annual review of what's called the Sermon on the Mount, the core teaching of Jesus in the gospel. Every year we go through this. This year we will follow specifically the two chapters, chapter 5 and chapter 6, up until also chapter 7 of the Gospel of Saint Matthew, in which Jesus teaches us so many things that are considered essential to our Christian faith. These are fundamentals. These are the most basics. And he begins today with a series of blessed. Some people translate it as happy. Happy are those who are poor in spirit, happy are those who are in mourning, happy are those who are meek, and so on and so forth. But in reality, the Greek word is much deeper, much deeper than our conventional notion of happiness. The Beatitude, the series of blessed are you, really are the conditions or the things that we need in life in order to experience the fullness of life. So Jesus is talking about what it takes to have the fullness of life, to have life in abundance. That's exactly why he came to be among us, to show us how to be full in life. And so when he says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, Blessed are they who mourn, blessed are the meek, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, blessed are the merciful, the clean of heart, and even blessed are those who are persecuted for my sake. He's describing the conditions that you and I find ourselves in in life. But depending on what we make of those conditions and those situations, we will either be rewarded or we will face the consequence. Our behavior in this life, our choices in life have consequence. Had my father fallen into despair and lost his faith, he would not have gained anything despite his persecution for five years. If we chose to remain in Vietnam and refuse to move on and take up the invitation to a new adventure, I wouldn't be here, and my family would not have what we have today. If my mother insisted on keeping me at home and did not allow me into the seminary, I wouldn't even be a priest. And have such a wonderful life as I do today. If I didn't accept my spiritual son, Randy, as my son, I don't know what I will miss. It will be a lot. And so, life itself teaches us that we ought to be patient, perseverant, and trusting. In God's plan, it's always greater than ours. What Jesus teaches us is quite countercultural, because society does not expect that someone can be blessed and happy and fulfilled when they're poor. Society does not expect how someone who mourns can be happy, blessed, and fulfilled. Society certainly does not expect how someone who keeps giving can be so happy and fulfilling. Society tells us that if we're persecuted, we ought to seek vengeance. We don't forgive. So these are the values of the world in which you and I live. And as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we constantly have to struggle between the set of values that the conventional wisdom tells us and the values that the Lord presents to us in the Beatitudes. My prayer for myself, for my son, and for you this day, dear brothers and sisters, is that we will be wise enough, prudent enough, and patient enough to see through the Beatitudes of the Lord, to come to a fuller understanding of why Jesus came and why he taught us these very countercultural things, So that we can experience the fullness of life as well. Don't take things at its face value, because deep inside there is always something better that the Lord has reserved for us. So, whenever you struggle, whenever you face difficulties and afflictions in life, like St. Paul says in the second letter to the Corinthians today, blessed are you when you are being persecuted. Because your affliction will, will contribute to your salvation. You never know what the Lord has in plan for you until you allow him to operate and you simply follow his plan. And that's what I have done. That's what I hope and pray that Father Randy and our young deacon here and anyone in ministry will follow and will experience And that's what I wish and I pray for each and every one of you, that these words of the Lord which we will contemplate these days, the core teachings of the Lord, will bring us to the essentials, the fundamentals. And may this review of the Sermon on the Mount stay with us, encourage us, and help us to keep trusting even when It is very difficult to continue trusting. Amen.